The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. So let's say we're trying to work towards having love and hate absent, right? But innately or inherently, it is absent already. That's the solution. See, if you read it from a certain point of view, it sounds like when love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. But because love and hate aren't absent, it's not clear and undisguised. But the fact is, its nature is it's clear and undisguised. Yeah. In other words, the belief that love and hate actually have appeared and are real is the reason why what's obviously so doesn't seem to be so. And even when that's the case, it's a very tricky little move selfing does because now it says, all right, I'm going to make what's really so unso, which is love and hate, and then I will experience the clear and undisguised state. But the clear and undisguised state is the state. Yeah, The idea of love and hate is a conceptual idea, a dualistic uh, frame that the mind is involved in. And you have to realize, even if it gives it a little bit of reality or a huge amount of reality, it's enough to disguise what's never uh, not here. Yeah? In the mind. So, do you get it in a way? See, a lot of approaches is, okay, we hear about, okay, so he's saying when love and hate are both absent, Everything becomes clear and undisguised, but we state we start from the fact that they're here, right? Love and hate. Obviously, we all say, "Oh, I'm experiencing love and hate all day." Yeah. So it says, "Okay, well, that's the reality." Now, if we do a lot of stuff, maybe we can cause it to become absent, and then when it's absent, then we'll hit pater. Yeah. But there's no pater until love and hate are absent. Love and hate have never actually been so, so there's no need for them to be absent. That's the beautifulness of it. That's the quickness of it. That's the timelessness of the solution. Yeah? It appears to be love and hate. It's just mind splitting and streaming into this, uh, like, a, like in, in Chinese philosophy, there's the yin and yang, right? The interplay between these two energies. It's a one energy, but they, they take like two polar, they take it appears in two polarized uh, factions or fashions, and then it plays with itself, and then these things appear, right? So love and hate is an appearance. It's not a state, yeah? The state is what's clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart, yeah? As soon as the mind makes it something, it's not nothing anymore. It is nothing, obviously, but it doesn't appear, well, it can't appear to be nothing anyway, but there's not the, the rooted in the nothingness. As the slightest little concept or idea or making it something makes up heaven and earth, yeah? There's huge dis- distant, and usually we see ourselves in, let's say, earth, and we want to get to heaven in a sense, yeah? You know, like a, a Catholic-like tradition. But the whole point is, it's the conceptuality of mind making the difference, making the space and the time, yeah? Making something that's always available, very infrequent. And if it does appear, it has to be based on me, you, or God, in a way. But it's not here to begin with. So, If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything.
It doesn't say you're not going to have opinions about for or against, or you have. There is no you having opinions. There's not. It's not saying there's no opinions about for and against. It's just having it when there's the claiming of the opinion about for or against, and you call it yours. That's the selfing. Yeah, that's the movement of the mind claiming. Yes, and then when it becomes my opinion, that's the bonding mechanism. As soon as the my appears, then there's a sense of being bonded to what you think is appearing. Yeah? As soon as that, that thing that's appearing becomes an object, and then you're the subject. Yeah? This is called duality. It's the root of the mind expressing here in, in the conditional dreamlike state. Yeah? He's saying the clear and undisguised state is not something that's produced, but it's always available at all times. It's the idea of it has to be produced is part and parcel of the dilemma in a way, or the delusion, if you want to say it, or the ignorance. So to set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind, of course. (laughs) Desire you move towards, aversion you, you contract, yeah? It's just the mind, like an accordion, just go and zoot, and we get caught up in the movement and the appearance, and we don't sense the nothingness of all. Yeah, we get caught up in oh, I'm big, I'm really expanded, I desire. Ever have a desire when you watch a desire occur? Suddenly, tunnel vision occurs. Right, your large uh, uh, aperture, the opening of just seeing, becomes looking very quickly. Yeah, let's say you're walking around during the day, and then you see a nice-looking guy, a beautiful woman, and then suddenly the cloud formations, the sun, the other people, all forgotten, and you're right on that target, yeah? Desire. Well, the same thing happens with aversion, yeah? It just goes, you know, instead of going this way, it goes this way with aversion. This desire, it's like, you know, and then aversion, it's, yeah? But it's the same thing. It's just a different, it's it's the same movement, yeah? Desire and aversion. So when you're caught up in that movement, what happens? Well, there's no you getting caught up. When, when there's a, when the attention interest is, is like wedded to that movement, you don't, you don't sense nothing. You don't sense the stillness. You're like, you're like trying to live in a still uh, way in a, in a rowboat where the tides and the currents are just going to keep boom, 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 yeah? When the deep meaning of things is not understood, and the meaning is that you've given it all the meaning it has, <laughs> they're inherently empty. <laughs> That's the deepest meaning they can have. <laughs> when the deep meaning of things is not understood, the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. Yeah. So it gets, let's say, the mind gets disturbed, and now it seeks to get undisturbed. Which is once again is that for or against desire or aversion, yes? It's still caught in the same format. It can't self can't get out of self. Uh, the way is perfect like vast space when nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess. The way is perfect. Indeed, it is due to our choosing to accept or reject that we do not see the true nature of things. 
to me, these little statements are worth like 800 pages of some other stuff. <laughs> like you could, you could have a giant 20-volume edition of self-help books, and this overrides all of that blah, blah, blah information in a nanosecond. <laughs> you just get it, you know. It can save you so much time and library bills and whatever. <laughs> it's so quick, and that's a... Like, let's say in here where there's time and space, when you're moving towards the nothingness, if, you know, obviously you can't, but when it happens, the solutions have more and more a quality of timelessness. In other words, they don't take as much time yeah? And it, the whole point, let's say, of the Course in Miracles is to save us time. Yeah? So w- the closest, when you get to that, that still undisguised space, there's no time in that space, yeah? In that mind. Oh, yes. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things nor in the inner feelings of emptiness. But see, if you try to live neither in the entanglements of outer things nor in the inner feelings of emptiness, you're already caught. <laughs> you're already the fish. <laughs> you're, the hook's already in place. And you know when the hook's in place, you don't. It, there's a historical fi- feeling there is no hook. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's one of those hooks that goes in and you don't, you don't know you're in the hook until after the hook seems... Dis, in a way, its influence disappears. Yeah, then oh Jesus, that hook I was on. Yeah. So, be serene in the oneness of things, and such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. This is the whole point. That's why we come here every week to just entertain. Yeah. We're saying there's nothing that you could be, that you are, that could not be in that serene point. So there's a resting in that space, but it's prior to the agitation, the seeming agitation. So it's not like, all right, we've got to calm this agitation and then we'll produce serenity. The serenity is the state of all states in a way. Not serenity, whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah, when you try to stop activity to achieve passivity, good luck. <laughs> Your very effort fills you with activity. This is the trick, yeah? So if I go and study for two years how to get out of the obsession with self, that could be construed as obsession with self. Or we say in recovery, self can't get out of self, yeah? No matter how far you go back, there's not like the 50th slinky move where finally you're out of self. Self can't get out of self. It's defined. It's defined by the format of yes, no, high, low, you know, peace, uh, agitation. All those movements like complement each other. There's not one is no out of one and into another. Yeah, they're like the they're like the wing of a butterfly. They're the exact same, both patterns. Yeah, and when they open up, it allows this thing, the butterfly, to fly. So this dream, in a sense, is sort of like that. Once it opens up, then the dream takes action. Then the tr- dream's appearing. Yeah. Then the manifestation's occurring. Without two wings, it doesn't work. Yeah. And when the two wings open, then there's the body of the butterfly. <laughs> then the, the assumed being the butterfly occurs 
by the yes and no, the high and low, the good and the bad. That's how it's, that's how it's reinforced the appearance of a body, of a self, of a singular unit. Yeah? It's not what you're thinking, it's sort of the, it's the how of the thoughts. And part of the how of the thoughts is the feeling of being the thinker. Yeah? That how is fundamentally flawed. And so if this is used as like your Gaia counter or as your, you know, weather as that veining thing, whatever they do, looking for water, it, you're never going to find anything. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it doesn't work. Oh, you're going to find things, but yeah. So when you try to stop activity to, to achieve passivity, your very effort fills you with activity. As long as you remain in one, one extreme or the other, you will never know oneness. Those who do not live in the single way fall, fail in both activity and passivity, assertion and denial. So there's a lot of subtle teachings now out there. And so people now are trying to become a non-seeker, let's say. Yeah? <laughs> They've realized, oh, I intellectually understand seeking, no, no, no good anymore. Gurus, no, none of that. No, I am my own light and like this, yeah? So now I'm going to practice non-seeking. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> there's going to be, then there's going to be a non-seeker, which is even slipperier than the seeker. At least the seeker becomes obvious, you know? But when the non-seeker is in place, oof, it's really good. So... If anyone gets too much for this, they can just tell me and they'll stop. I just enjoy this thing. Oh, yes. To deny the reality of things is to miss their reality. <laughs> to assert the emptiness of things is to miss their reality. Uh-huh. Sounds like Kamal there, eh? You like that one, eh? <laughs> so... You can't win either way. You can't win by denying it. Or <laughs> He's got you in a good lock here. You can't get away with it denying it or asserting it. Well, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I'm sort of stuck. <laughs> oh, I, I only know two gears, you know. Yes, no, forward, backward, desire, aversion, assert, deny. I don't, you know, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. Exactly. Beautiful. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. (laughs) Stop talking and thinking. Good luck with that, too. Don't see these aren't commands. You know what I mean? They're not commands. And there is nothing you will not be able to know. So let's say you're not the one who's thinking or talking. Then maybe nothing will be. uh, You'll be deprived of nothing. You know. You'll be open and accessing that source of, for me, they're like downloads in a way. To return to the root is to find the meaning, but to pursue appearance is to miss the source. Yes. At the moment of inner enlightenment, there there is a going beyond appearance and emptiness. Well, why don't we just say that the moment of inner enlightenment is the moment? In other words, it's not a moment in a giant linear uh, scheme of moments, but maybe that's actually the starting point. 
Maybe there is absolutely nothing after that could pos- that could possibly have ever happened. Yeah. No, it can't be so. I know I'm I'm real. I've done something. And I fuck things up. And I'm probably going to have to work really hard at getting that clear. And then I won't know when it's clear until my head tells me it's clear. (laughs) In recovery, we call it playing God, you know. In, in recovery, it's a, to me, it's the biggest unspoken. It's the only. It's the unspoken step to me of the whole twelve-step program, which is quit playing God. It doesn't work. When you get some downloads about what playing God looks like, you'll be really, really freaking surprised and how extensive it is. That that's what the conditional mind does all fucking day, all time. Is it plays God? That's great. The changes that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of our ignorance. Yeah? There you go. Do not search for the truth, only cease to cherish opinions. (laughs) This one I loved when I was young. This gave me a really nice Zen bitch slap when I first heard that. <laughs> it, p- it produced a pause. I was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not search for the truth. That's my noble drive. That's the only thing I can hang my hat on. I suck at everything else pretty much. Terrible house painter and everything else like that. But I'm a good spiritual seeker. Don't take that away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Do not remain in a dualistic state. Avoid such pursuits carefully. You know what dualistic means, right? Dualistic, subject, object, all like that stuff. I think dualism is really subject-object, and then there's duality, which is all the, the contrasting, seeming opposites of yes, no, high, low, close, far, desire, aversion. Yep. But the basic root of it is subject-object. Yeah, so you cast, this is cast as the subject, and then everything is an object to this subject. So this is like the, uh, this is the mother and father of all duality, is the dualism of subject-object. So when you're in this, when that's in place, then whatever you come in contact with, you it's made into an object. So if you hear about the truth, it's made into an object. If you hear about awakening, it's made into an object in a sense. And I don't mean an object like a chair. Objects are anything that's appearing, yeah, or that's how subtle it may be, like thoughts and stuff like that, yeah. So everything gets objectified or conceptualized, yes. As from this, from seemingly the subjective point of view, as soon as what's already so and always available at all times become objectified, it's already hidden, even though it's an open secret or like uh, like they say a gateless gate. Yeah, it's already hidden not by any reality, but by this this uh, format of mind. Yeah, but the format of mind doesn't represent mind. It's just a format in mind. Yeah. 
So if there's even a trace of this and, and that, of right and wrong, the mind, see, the mind essence will be lost in confusion. Yeah. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to the one. When the mind exists undisturbed in the way, nothing in the world can offend. And when things can no longer offend, it ceases to exist in the old way. So like the Course in Miracles would say, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah? We forgot that we're dreaming it, and we've given what we dreamt all the power to affect us. Yeah? So here he's saying, in a way, and when things can no longer offend, yeah? in other words, when you recognize you're not the giver of any meaning to anything, yeah? there's m- meaning being given to things, but you're not the giver of that, yes? then that, that thing, that meaning that was given can offend. It ceases to exist in that old way of being real to you. Yeah? You see where the source is. Not outside coming in, but quote-unquote in coming out. Yeah? Right. When no discriminating thoughts arise, when no discriminating thoughts arise, the old mind ceases to exist. The old mind what we call selfing, you know? And the fact is, it ceases to exist because it's, it can't, it never did exist. It ceases to appear to exist, really. That's all. Yeah? It keeps appearing, but it ceases to appear to exist. Yeah? It's an appearance, but it doesn't exist anymore to you. Yeah? It's like my mother used to say when I was a kid, I was really worried if anyone called me when I was a teenager, I'd come home. And I said, did anyone call me tonight? And my mother says, it's like you never existed. So that's sort of what it's like. (laughs) All right, so when thoughts, thought objects vanish, the thinking subject vanishes. As when the mind vanishes, objects vanish. Things are objects because of the subject. Yeah. This place is objectified because of the false subject. Yeah? They become things to me as a thing. And you can't get out of that because you were never in it. It's an appearance. It's an activity of mind. You're not, it's not a place that's located at 450 Bryant and you, and you can buy maps to escape from. It's an appearance. It's like an activity of mind. Yeah? So there's no stagnant place or condition that you have to leave it's just seeing that there's no you involved in it. And therefore, then you realize there's no need to leave because you were actually never in it. So the best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. Yeah? If that's the drive or desire is to get out of something, the best way to have that seemingly occur is to realize you were never in it. There's no need for a desire to get out of it, in other words. <laughs> that's the solution. Okay, so in this, oh, so things are objects because of the subject, the mind is such because of things. Understand the relativity of these two and the basic reality, the unity of emptiness. In this emptiness, the two are indistinguishable and each contains in itself the whole world. If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, you will not be tempted to prejudice and opinion. To live in the great way is neither easy nor difficult. 
but those with limited views are fearful and irresolute. The faster they hurry, the slower they go, and clinging attachment cannot be limited. Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to go astray. Just let things be in their own way, and then will be neither coming nor and then will be neither coming nor going. So, in a way, like when I was young, uh, I got overwhelmed by a couple of experiences when I was nine. My my grandmother was like my goddess. Yeah, she lived with my family, and I, and and uh, my father died when I was nine, and then six months later, my grandmother died, which I totally blacked out. And from that point on, my head had an imperative, which was to make things fucking unreal, because it was way too much. I just got overwhelmed. There was like all this love that was extending to these two quote-unquote objects. The objects were removed, and it was very uncomfortable to have that love hanging out there, only to be hurt again. So there was a real sucking in, and then a real reliance on my head, the thought system, to, to tell me what to do. And what happened is I then spent a lot of my life trying to make things that I thought were real unreal. As soon as this started happening, I started reading a lot of science fiction. Then I got into uh, uh, spirituality, then drugs, then back to spirituality. And it went on and on and on and on. Yet the whole drive was to make what seemed to be so real unreal. Yeah? So I wouldn't allow it to show its real nature because I already gave it its real nature. Hey, this is freaking fucking real. And I'm going to change its nature. I'm going to try to make it unreal as much as I can, which is an impossibility. So when I came into recovery, without any thought or effort on my part, finally I just stopped and I let things be as real as they wanted to be. And what they showed was they're unreal. I got my wish, but not in the way that I was expecting it, yeah? When I had no wish for it to change, then it changed fucking dramatically. When I had every day a desire for it to change, it persistently stayed fucking the same, you know? (laughs) And you can't use this as a strategy, you see? This is a disbombing thing. He's not saying, go out and try this, because he's already told you, you can't try it. It's just sort of like sitting there, you know, like when you've been wrong in life and then someone wants to really have a talk with you? I had this happen with this woman I went out with and uh, I went back to Australia and I heard from everyone but her what an ass I'd been. <laughs> she had spread the word to because I was living here and there. I mean, everyone wanted to have talks with me about what I had done to this lady and it was not correct, you know. First, I was supposed to be engaged. I wasn't engaged with her, nothing like that. So finally, I called her. I said, listen, I'd rather have you tell me, you know, so I don't have this happen anymore. So I'm going to give you as much time as you want, but let's make it three hours at the most. (laughs) You know, I don't want so much time. Let's have a little bit of a condition. And we'll go somewhere, and we went down to the beach, and I'm not going to say a word. You just say everything you want to say to me and get it out, you know? And so it's sort of like that. When you hear this message, it's not asking you to do anything. It's just hear it. Just listen. Yeah? Listen. Let it, hopefully, don't let it, don't let it be stopped by the gatekeeper if you think you have any will about it. Let it get in and then just see what happens, you know? You're gonna be the effect. You're not the cause. You're not the one that's entertaining it. You'll be an effect of the mind entertaining it. Yeah? This is an effect. 
Yeah, your personality, everything is an effect. You're not a cause. You're not the subject. Yeah? Let this, which is the subject, I'd say, in and influence this effect. And of course, just like just like could look like a junkie and then suddenly look like a very uh, happy, go lucky, you know, free range alcoholic after all these years. What is it? There wasn't I wasn't a junkie, nor am I that. It's just this is just an expression of mind, yeah? So in other words, in a way the spiritual subpoena has already been dealt. You've already received it, if you like it or not, by coming here. <laughs> so Yes, the faster they hurry, the slower they go. And clinging attachment cannot be limited. Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to go astray. But let things be in their own way, and there will be neither coming nor going. You know what? You know, coming and going, that's just a dualistic movement, right? That's what they, they're implying by coming and going. Yeah? The coming and going of daily life, every life. But you never really go anywhere. And you never really come to anywhere, you know, because you're right there at all the time. Of all the coming and going, there is a, there is a sense of, like, you know, uh, the, the quality of every moment is the same if you project it back to 2002 or 2012. There's no real difference in the raw data of a moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's the content can change a lot, which is the coming and going, because the ch- content comes and goes. Yeah. Things happen and they stop happening and new things happen. But there is a continuum or a constancy that maybe we're missing because our eye from this subjective uh, dualism is hell-bent on being very interested in the objects. Yeah, So we're very, very, we're trying to keep our hand on the pulse of the comings and goings. But we're missing the whole heartbeat of the place. Yeah, We're not even, even close to the heartbeat. We're just listening to... Things are getting better and worse. Yeah. Yes. Okay, obey the nature of things, your own nature, and you will walk freely and undisturbed, like a free-range alcohol. nature of things, your own nature, and you will walk freely and undisturbed. When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear. Yes? If you want to call thought, we let's say call it selfing, yeah? If the attention and interest is engaged in the selfing, there's going to be confusion and and, uh, things are not going to be clear. Yeah? It doesn't matter what you do in that. The basic state is in place. Yeah? And the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from distinctions and separations? If you wish to move in the one way, do not dislike even the world of senses, senses and ideas. Indeed, to accept them fully is identical with true enlightenment. The wise man, and see, again, to accept them fully, it's in a way, if you read it from our conditioning, it seems like you have a will there, or a choice. Well, I'm, 
I'm not accepting them fully, so therefore, if I start accepting them fully, but the fact is, acceptance to me is a byproduct of mind, yeah? Of the faith mind. When the activities that are capturing our interest and attention become disinterested, because they're not about you, seriously, that's the key. When you realize all this blather up there is not about you, it's as boring as it is if someone else's blather was going on and you recognize it is not yours. You would be freaking bored in a minute. Have you ever had someone come over and talk to you about what's not happening in their lives and they're all the <laughs> You're bored as hell in like 30 seconds. You really, you want to do almost anything. Let's go to a movie, do anything. Get out of here, I'll get money. <laughs> but the same, the same activity going on in this held as yours or about you seems incredibly entrancing. You don't see that? So if it's not about you, you're going to lose interest. You don't, have, you don't have to practice. The interest is going to leave that object, and that object is a subject, is taken to be a subject, you. You're going to lose interest in this objectified uh, pseudo-subject, and you're going to gain interest in what? Find out. Yeah? Find out. That's what it's about. You'll find out what you'll gain interest in. It's no path that's set up, all right, lose interest in that and then gain interest in that. It's just, no, tell the truth, hey, it's, it's not about me, I lose interest in it. it and then it just goes. It's just gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna discover it. You can't read a book that's gonna catalog each step of gaining interest in something else. Yeah? It doesn't work that way. To indeed to accept fully, all right. The wise man strives to no go- to no goals, but the foolish man fetters himself. There is one dharma. Dharma is like the way or the teaching or whatever. They have a lot of different definitions for it. But what he's saying here: there is one dharma, not many. Distractions arise from the clinging needs of the ignorant. To seek mind with the discriminating mind is the greatest of all mistakes. So that's like the selfing trying to get out of self. It's ridiculous. Yeah? (laughs) I mean, if it wasn't you, you'd see it as super ridiculous. Yeah? The only thing that's making it seem like noble or or progressive or something is the flavor of you, really. If that that little spice of you was taken out of it, you'd see the ridiculousness of it. How can I ever arrive at where I already am? It's just a... It's going to be a better moment than the one I'm in now. The only thing that could be better or worse is the content, yeah? The moment itself, or whatever you want to call that, is not going to be going into better or worse. That's all about appearances, yeah? That's all about the comings and the goings. The comings and the goings can seem better or worse, yeah? But the moment, in essence, is always exactly that way, yeah? So to seek mind with the discriminating mind is the greatest of all mistakes. Rest and unrest derive from passion. With enlightenment, there is no liking or disliking. All dualities come from ignorant inference. They are like dreams or flowers in the air. This is like the uh, the data of dreaming, yeah? He's describing the data. He's not describing particulars. He's describing the data of dreaming. Yeah. So that what? So that maybe you'll see that you never fell into that dream. 
You never, you never were uh, unconscious with the need to be conscious. That there's no way in hell or heaven that your innate nature could ever change. Yeah. Rest. All right. All dualities come from ignorant inference. They are like dreams of flowers in the air. Foolish to try to grasp them. Gain and loss, right and wrong, such thoughts must finally be abolished at once. Yeah? <laughs> How could the thoughts be abolished at once when the thinker is dropped? Yeah? When do you see that you're not the thinker of them? Yeah? When you entertain possibly that you're not the thinker of them, the power and influence of thoughts drops at once. It's not like, all right, every thought I gotta go through a process to have this influence drop up, you know? No, no. It, the thinker is the cog. When the, the the oldest thought of all, which is I'm the thinker of these, yeah, that when that drops or when that seen not to be so, then the influence of the thoughts wanes. Yeah. Foolish to try to grasp them. All right, gain and loss, right and wrong. Such thoughts must finally be abolished at once. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will naturally cease. And I'm saying, my humble opinion is the eye never dreams. It never sleeps. It's always seeing. It's always on. It is what's truly reliable, but it's not of this place. Yeah. Reliability here has to become unreliable sooner or later. It can't have one without the other in this dance, yeah? It's like that slinky. One move produces the other move. The other move. The slinky doesn't have an engine or a motor. It just uses gravity, which is the way of things, and then just doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Whew. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will naturally cease. If the mind makes no discriminations, the 10,000 things are as they are of single essence. So the 10,000 things is everything, you know. In Chinese philosophy, they would call it everything is the 10,000 things. When all things are seen equally, the timeless, the timeless self-essence is reached. The large S self. The timeless, the timeless self-essence essence is reached. So you can't use time to reach the timeless. (laughs) No comparison or analogies are possible in this causeless relationless state. No comparisons or analogies are possible in this causeless relationless state. Consider movement stationary and the stationary in motion. So like, and I think in some part of Buddhism they say emptiness is form and form is emptiness, yes? Stillness is in motion, motion is in stillness, yeah? So the essence is, 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 can you close that door, Mark, when you go, buddy? The essence is in both aspects, yeah? Motion, stillness, the same essence. It's not, it's not still, nor is it of motion, yet it's both, yeah? But it's not either. It's neither one or the other, yet it's both. Yeah? It's just the fuck with your head, the conditional head. Because the head will just can't go any farther. What the fuck is he talking about? It's both and yet neither? Yeah? 
But what happens when the head, all the cogs stop churning? There's a pause, yes? There's a sense of that presence. And it doesn't, it didn't seem like it got shipped over here from the mission. It was always there. It was just suddenly you, your head popped out of your little self's ass. And you, <laughs> it's, just, it's not like that head popping out of self's ass produced it. It was always available at all times. That's one of the first qualities that hits you. That this is not a, a, an event or something that was brought about. It's just an innate, like, primordial knowledge that this is always available at all times. It's like, I don't see it as... Um, it has certain flavors that no matter who or what it whacks, they seem to leave the same impression. That one, I think, is one of the major ones where you just, you get the timelessness of it that it wasn't produced or acquired, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so. Both movement and rest disappear when such dualities cease to exist. Oneness itself cannot exist. To this ultimate finality, no law or description applies. They should have a giant pause now. But let's sit on that one. For the unified mind, in accord with the way, all self-centered striving ceases. With the unified mind, accorded in the way, all self-seeking ceases. How's that? The seeking may still continue, but the idea of being the one that's seeking stops. Yeah, Just like Ramana says, you don't have to give up your possessions, but just give up the possessor. The possessions can come and go, which they do, but the possess the possessor is the key. Yeah, when you see that you're not that, then the meaning of all the possessions changes because you are giving it the meaning it has. You know. <laughs> okay, one is all right for the unified oh, doubts and ir- irresolutions vanish, and life in true faith is possible, like the unspoken yes. Yeah. It's not a debate, or if you want to call it like the last answer, something happens where it's just forget about it. There's no more need to sort of, uh, you're not looking for any more answers anymore. Yeah? It's not like something that it just comes over you like an unspoken yes. Yeah? It just hits you in the gut. So, oh, this is so incredible. I love this stuff. Doubts and irresolutions vanish, and life in true faith is possible. With a single stroke, we are free from bondage. Nothing clings to us, and we hold to nothing. With a single stroke. And it's actually before the stroke. Yeah? With a single stroke, we are free from bondage. Nothing clings to us, and we hold to nothing. So let's say, if you've experienced or been living the story of being bonded to self, there's no way in hell... One single stroke would cut that off. He's been spending 30, 40, 50 years in this seemingly, this, uh, love affair. Yeah, to have, hey, wait a minute. How real could it have possibly be? And it's an imaginary sword that produces the stroke. The sword of, let's say, discernment. What? <laughs> a single stroke. Jesus, it took me a long time to get this fucked. I don't think that's given me enough relevance that a single stroke could change all this. No, I don't seem to be that important in this situation. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time thinking about me and, and all the reasons why I am where I think I am. And you're saying in a string, single stroke, I'm free from this bondage? 
Come on, give me at least five strokes. I want to have a little grittiness, like a, like a tough piece of steak. Come on, one stroke is that's done uh, with a feather. Oh <laughs> no! All is empty, clear self-illumination, with no exertion of the mind's power. I want to read that again. All is empty, clear, self-illumination with no exertion of the mind's power. Here, thought, feeling, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. In this world of suchness, there is neither self nor other than self. To come directly into harmony with this reality, just simply say when doubt arises, not to. Now, I don't want to be running around like that Seinfeld show, Serenity Now. Not two, not two. It probably won't work that way. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not the pseudo singularity that represents two-ness, yelling not two. You know what I mean? It's realizing there isn't that singularity. It's a false little like premise, yeah. So then instead of saying not to, you're saying not to in the living. In your living, it's saying not to. And this truth is beyond extension or diminution, whatever, smaller, getting smaller, in time or space. In it, a single thought is 10,000 years. Emptiness here, emptiness there, but the infinite universe stands always before your eyes. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference for definitions have vanished and no boundaries are seen. So too with being and non-being. Don't waste time in doubts and arguments that have nothing to do with this. One thing, all things, move, move along and, in, and intermingle without distinction. To live in the realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the greatest gifts I got in time when that captures it perfectly to, to be without anxiety about non-perfection because obviously when this life was when this life was mine there was a lot of things wrong with it when this when i was the one i was in a huge amount of anxiety by my perceived imperfections yeah this was going to be an urban renewal project that was never going to end. There was never going to be time where I would be able to rest and say, I've arrived. It was just not going to be afforded to me. Yeah? <laughs> to live in this realization is to be free without anxiety about non-perfection. To live in this faith is the road to non-duality. Because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. Words, the way is beyond language, for in it there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. That's why I love that the definition or the name of it, faith mind. Because the head that we're having faith in a mental process quite a lot. Or you wouldn't be able to provoke so much reaction in a body by what's not happening. By thinking about three weeks from now. You're an incredible faith, well, I wouldn't say healer, but you're a faith worker. Yeah, It's not like at least Lazarus, when he was 
you know, resurrected, he had been alive, we're resurrecting feelings from a quote-unquote future. We're producing anxiety about something that's not happened, nor is happening. And it just is supposed to be happening, and it probably won't even be happening in the, what we call the future. <laughs> Yet, by our faith in thoughts, in the thought system, why do you believe you need to have any more faith? It's just what vehicle it's put in. If faith is put into the thought system that we're attending to most of the day, like K-Paul, that station, then it's going to produce, right? It's going to produce effects. It's not because the story's good, because it's really about not happening, but the power of the mind that's attending to it. What would happen if it would be freed from that faith and that faith mind would be able to have faith in another, let's say, I want to say aspect, but let's just say something other. Yeah? That faith in that state may produce ease and comfort now in your day, may produce the ability to reflect peace of mind, may produce the ability to rest in what's always available at all times, instead of constantly being on the skillet of ruminations of past and future of an agitated mind, popping, popping, bouncing, 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 bouncing all day. How is anxiety ever going to reach clarity? How is anxiety ever going to reach a a state of of rest? If it's the source of the anxiety, wherever it goes, that place is going to be used to be anxious about. So let's say if you believe you become awakened, I bet you you're going to worry like hell that one day you may lose it. Well, when are they going to find out I'm not as clear as I thought I was? Yes? Everything the mind comes in contact with, it will provoke anxiety with it. Because that faith mind is constantly activated, just like faith mind is constantly activated. That little mental process of faith mind, and having total faith that this place is real, and I'm here, and you're here, and this is going to happen, and this did happen. Yes, and I'm a loser. There's no way you're going to convince me otherwise. I have an airtight case about how fucked I am. And I don't give a shit. You can like me as much as you want, but I'm never going to let you love me because I don't deserve love. All of this, all these riffing, like John Coltrane riffing on the theme of separation, is all coming from faith mind. A distorted version of faith mind. Faith mind that is has faith in this dream. Yeah, in the dreaming of it. And it's taking it to be real. Yet at the same time, there is a spaciousness of faith mind that isn't perturbed what's one bit by all of this. Yeah? It would be nice to have at least a little bit of that influence in your day. So not like we said, so self isn't taken so seriously. You know, like a t- skim off the top. It's frothy up there, you know. Take a little bit of edge off of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you may realize that there's no need to be liberated. You'll be freed from the need to be liberated. Yeah, you'll be free. You'll be, you'll be able to be, you'll be freed, and it won't be you'll be freed. There'll be a freedom from the, the anxiety of non-perfection. Yeah. You know, Paul, you're an asshole. You know? You're inconsiderate. You're not thoughtful. And you didn't call me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff will pass like a bird flying by the window. Yes? All of that yapping, all of that thing. You believe, I don't know, I used to believe that's what I was getting stuck to, but you're the sticking. 
It's the mind, the faith mind. Faith mind is what makes false evidence appear real. The acronym of fear and recovery, yeah? One of them. False evidence could only appear real to you. The faith in that idea of being you, that, that faith can make false evidence appear real every day. I mean, you've got to realize how much power there is involved in all this, yeah? What do, I would say the central cog of the, all, of the activity and then therefore all the interest and attention being uh, spent on that activity is the idea of being a self, you know, being the center of the whole thing. Yeah? I found when that was entertained not to be so and that dropped out, the system uh, lost its oomph. Yes? That thing that was so claustrophobic and congested, everything orbiting so closely around the planet, Paul spread out like a universe exploding. Yeah, you got, and then what happens is you start sensing the space, not so much the claustrophobicness of things, but the space. Yeah, like a sense of presence, the presence of nothing, instead of being so engaged in the presence of things. Yeah? If there's, there's not enough presence of things, we make them up. We make a past presence and a future presence so that we can be absorbed in the dance with things. So I'm not saying, I don't know what I'm saying in a way, but the idea of putting attention on trying to get rid of all the things, why not just see the one thing that's holding them all in place with the, its gravitational pull coming from a distorted aspect of faith mind in a way. Like a, a bastardized version of faith mind into a, like a, a really like a, a mutated faith mind here, you know, in this little place we seem to appear in, yeah? I see a lot of people, they have total faith in the thought system, and it's, it produces tons of anxiety. They're just like... And there's so, much, there's so much assumed relevance to it that it just goes unnoticed, you know? And then, then they, we have groups or people or phone calls, and everyone's co-signing the reality of it. And the more and more... What was just like a spacious becomes denser and denser. And then you, ha- you feel you have this claustrophobic feeling. You may not be able to put your finger on it, but I'll tell you, it drives you to seek constantly. There's a feeling of, hey, something's fucking wrong. And there's a huge movement trying to get relief. But every relief is already dictated by the format. It's not going to be a relief. It's going to be relief and then the opposite. So some people have a... a like an awakening moment, and their head has been using that moment for the last 20 years to beat the living hell out of them. Yeah? Every other moment is now compared to that mythical awakening moment. Yeah, It's, it's amazing what it does. Anything it comes in contact with, it will use it. You think that there's something off limits to it? No fucking way. It's, it's totally, totally immersed in nothingness, and it's busily making it something all day. <laughs> you know, it has no. It doesn't have. Oh, the holy of holies! I can't go there. Fuck that! It has no, no, uh, no respect. There's no hidden place. Anything, anything it comes in contact with, it'll take advantage of. Anything. So, <clears throat> yes, that's it. So Any questions? No, great.